Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Well, good morning and welcome to Cloud Talk Live, everyone. So glad that you're here today. And uh, how, how is your day? We're having a good one over here uh, in San Antonio. I'll tell you, I got a little bit of a cold, so you may see me cough a little bit here or there. And uh, But that's all right, you know. So let's, uh, let's push this little button, get on about the day, turn some music down. Well, everyone, uh, again, my name is Jeff Deverter. I'm the Chief Technology Evangelist here at Rackspace Technology, headquartered in beautiful San Antonio, Texas, where it is a humid, sort of drippy day. And boy, do we need the rain. Well, hey, I'd love for you to introduce yourself in the comments, everyone. Uh, this is a conversation, not just a, a program where we, we talk to you, but we love to talk with you. And look, Hari already is saying hello. Tell me who you are. Tell me where you are. If you want to get a hold of us, you can easily do that by sending an email to solve at rackspace.com. And, uh, and that will not put you on any mailing list to start getting a bunch of sales stuff. In fact, if you want to learn anything about what we're doing here, you're going to see the link come up uh, along the way. It's rackspace.com slash solve. That's our thought leadership program at Rackspace. New sales there. All right, folks, it's going to be uh, a fine episode. Daniel's here, of course. He's okay, producer Daniel's doing his thing. Guys, this is episode 114. The audio from this is available over in the Cloud Talk podcast audio stream. Uh, hey, Jeffrey, glad that you are here from Copper Mountain. Shoo, nice. And, um, uh, okay, back to the audio stream. That's right. Audio from this is available in, in the uh, Cloud Talk podcast stream. Now, speaking of the podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found, this week <clears throat> we have the amazing Rick Grunhagen. Now, Rick is the CTO over at uh, a company called Innovize. Innovize does some amazing stuff. They have this water management application, this three-tiered application that runs out in AWS now, thanks to a little company I know. And uh, Iraq is here. i got to pause just for a second and welcome Iraq to the program. I think you're the first from Iraq. But Innovize uh, works with water uh, management municipalities all around the world, I think in 40 different countries, pretty amazing stuff. And uh, and so they they we talk about their whole transformation out into AWS. So go check that out. Uh, and reminder, guys, shields up. That means you've got to be careful. Go over to cisa.gov slash shields hyphen up to learn how you can protect yourself. It is important, guys. Everyone is going crazy out there. Uh, all right, let's see. We have a cloud engineer for um, uh, Keyshore. Guys, today's conversation, we're getting into digital credentials today. And, oh, the UK is here. But uh, but you know who else is here? Travis Runty is here. I've known Travis literally since I think my first day at Rackspace in 2008. And uh, he is now the CTO of cloud operations at Rackspace. So everyone, how about a nice big welcome to Travis Runty? Thanks, Jeff. Travis, welcome here. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, remember, those, remember those early days when uh, when I first came to Rackspace and you had to show me how to use some of those core those base systems that we use inside of Rackspace? 
yeah, show you the basics, throw a nerf dart at you, you know, every now and then, whatever, whatever the, the, the we had to do at the time. If you guys know Rackspace culture, you know that uh, nerf darts uh, reign supreme. In fact, in the castle, which is what we call our corporate headquarters, is uh, is a room dedicated to nerf. It is nerf everything. Uh, it's not in the new 3D tour. Guys, I did. A th- if you have an Oculus, I did the 3D tour of Rackspace, an introduction. We will post it maybe in Thursday's episode, so you can check that out. It's good fun. Look, we got India's come to listen to you today, Travis. I mean, everyone, Iraq is here. The UK is here. Ireland is here. All kinds of people are here. That's right. It's a global uh, global discussion. That's awesome. It's almost like technology is everywhere. <clears throat> well, um, Travis says, with somebody being known uh, working inside of tech for the amount of years that you have, um, you know, I uh, I was joking earlier before we went live that I also live vicariously through your your work on automobiles. Um, you know, I I had decided. I really wanted to be a guy who could work on cars. I really wanted that to be one of my things. And, uh, and I've made a few runs at it, but that is not me. So I live through your Facebook posts of, uh, you know, uh, what, what, how you buy a car and you cannot be settled with that car. Things change. I can't, I can't. I'm a maker, right? And so it's in my nature to, to take things apart, understand the way they work and make them better. Well, isn't that good that you have the role that you do at Rackspace too, as a cloud, a CEO of cloud operations? It's almost like that goes hand in hand. <laughs> almost. I don't know. Well, you know, I was reading some articles, and again, excuse me for the cough, a little, little cold I'm dealing with. Um, and uh, I was reading some articles, uh, one from uh, MIT, actually. And MIT has got this consortium of digital credential, uh, creating this digital credential system for universities. Because while um, newer and newer degrees and, and, and such have been created over the years, the way that these are captured and dealt with hasn't changed since, I mean, we could probably go back hundreds of years, um, maybe even farther. But uh, but they're now rethinking it from a digital point of view. And and when we think about about digital credentials, whether that is for a university degree, for certificates, for technical uh, achievements, for something unique to a company, digital certificates are really starting to make a big name for themselves. And it's a little extra side project you have here at Rackspace as well. So uh, let's start with what is a digital credential? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a verifiable digital uh, source of uh, information, right? Uh, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, we've talked about different creative ways that people are using it, but ultimately, it's a it's a it's a place to, to access information from a, uh, a a verified source. Right. Hey, uh, real quick question for the audience: How many people here are using digital credentials? Maybe through a company like Credly. There's a couple of other ones out there, but. Um, uh, just curious if you're using them. Just let us know if you if you are and uh, and what your your experiences are with them. All right, so so it's a it's a digital um, verifiable certificate that at some point you had a skill. You took a test. You proved the fact that you could do a thing. Now this might be stuff like you know an, an AWS architect. Um, uh, uh, deal or it may be our, our test or certification. It may be something from Azure or Google. So we think about this in the large form uh, around, around these large uh, cloud companies, but also more and more when uh, these other partners like Snowflake comes to mind or uh, AppDynamics comes to mind. Great company, AppDynamics, by the way, sponsor of the program. It's a pretty subtle way to work that in there, wasn't it? Right. And, uh, uh, but more and more, as you, as you take their classes, they have digital credentials. So it's a way to 
to to get in and actually be able to um, you know again it goes back to verify what you do. So so um, you know uh, Travis, you're here. Part of what you're working on right now at Rackspace is is implementing digital credentials. Why is Rackspace interested in these at this point? Yeah, and, and you know what you mentioned is a part of, of what a credential digital credential can be is a skill, right? Uh, tracking a collection of skills, but um, there's also other elements, right? There's a, a participation in a major event or exciting event. Uh, I reference. <clears throat> Uh, we've had major vulnerabilities in the past uh, that Rackspace and other companies across the world have worked to uh, to address. Those are huge mm-hmm. undertakings by a lot of team members, and uh, it takes a lot of the personal time. And so, you know, I think having a badge or a, 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 a of of participating and conquering that that vulnerability was a fun event, fun maybe a you know a reach, but an event that uh, is is uh, fun to acknowledge that people were participants of. Um, I think that uh, other, you know, sort of recognitions, uh, it's a great way to do that as well. But, um, you know, ultimately we know that uh, uh, people like to be recognized in different ways, right? Some of our engineers are quiet, um, don't like that public recognition. Um, Some love it. Um, But ultimately we feel that uh, digital credentials is a universal way to uh, track that source of truth, which is absolutely critical, but also to celebrate internally and externally the achievements, the growth of, uh, of our team members. Um, you know, we do the, uh, uh, was it Clifton strengths at Rackspace, right? And yeah. I believe it's still a dominant strength is, is a learner at Rackspace. That's right. By far, right? The, the strongest or most overweighted strength at Rackspace. And so I think, uh, launching a program such as a, uh, a digital badging, uh, tool, uh, helps support that process that so many of our team members are doing anyway. Uh, it gives a universal way to, to recognize those team members internally and externally. And, you know, as a nice impact side effect, it gives us a really, really great, great way to uh, collect and view that information about our workforce. We know yeah. that customer engagements are getting more and more targeted to technologies and so uh, while we understand what a customer's needs are coming in the rack space, this also gives us a way to understand who the right rackers are that might have that unique experience uh, or validation to support that customer need. So it's really, really great from a, a racker engagement, from a partner enablement, from a customer solution perspective. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it solves a lot of things. It does, you know, and and as we have moved through what you know, COVID has sort of forced, where we went from we measured productivity on how many hours did you sit in your seat, as opposed to now we don't know where somebody's sit, seated most of the time, uh, to what the output is, and so we're we're measuring on output. But if you take that and and by the way, I believe that's the right way to measure it because you're actually measuring productivity. If you yeah. if you take that then to the beginning of the process where you're trying to fill that figurative seat, you know, you're now be able to do that through a truly a skills-based hiring experience uh, and do it in a way that is transparent and verifiable. A couple of words you keep using, uh, which is great. But I love that you're calling out engagement because that is a huge, this is a huge way to drive engagement. And what this, what a, what a, what a credential system does is a way, I mean, it's a, it's the figurative pat on the back when somebody achieves something and that goes so far. It is so much easier to encourage and grow your workforce than it is to rehire your workforce every couple of years because you just, you run them into the ground or they, you know, like you said, engineers are quiet folks and they'll just sit there and stew if they're unhappy and then slink away. Um, 
it's, it's what we do. So, but uh, there's some really interesting studies out there that say that um, implementing a recognition system like this can increase productivity by 48%. 48%. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, it puts the control in the uh, engineer's hands, right? They get that, that badge. <clears throat> they can make it private and say, I have that. That's great. That's it stops there, right? No one, no one else needs to know. Um, or they can say, you know, I'm so excited. I've been working so hard for this. Um, this is a path and I've, I finally got to the, where I wanted to be. I'm going to share this with my LinkedIn community, right? I'm going to share this with my grandma, right? But it gives, it gives a great way for people to really control, uh, how they're celebrated or how they're acknowledged beyond themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it drives the skills-based hiring. It drives if you, and not just hiring for a new employee, but also as that individual gets more credentials, more skills, then they have the ability to move around inside of the company. And that's the, that's the best, you know, that's the way we, we grow up great talent inside of any organization. Again, I'll go back to when you and I first met. I think it's a, it's a good example for this one. I mean, you were, when we think about where somebody could be in technology inside of Rackspace, you found the bottom of the, of the of the uh, of the ladder right i mean you were you were you were working the proverbial switchboard sending tickets left and right to get to the right teams to get things fixed Absolutely. and now you're the cto of cloud operations why well one because you're a talented individual uh and but the second is is the fact that you just keep getting more and more skills and and more and more capabilities and grow within the organization and somebody like you with as much history as you have um, you know, that, that tribal knowledge is, is indispensable in organizations that, that have some, some years behind them. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> well, and, you know, of course you agree because we're talking about you and how, how, you know, the amazing career you've had. But when you think about some of the folks who, who now on these, these engineering teams that we're, we're implementing this, and we're implementing this company wide. I mean, everybody gets to use it, not just the engineers. That's CTO cloud operations focuses on the engineers where he should, um, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the badges that we think are important to us inside of our organization. And uh, and again, not necessarily that it's the only way to be done. This is the power of these credentials is the fact that you can customize them, customize them, sorry, for your organization. So how are we looking at that? Yeah, so we're looking at, at at least four different tracks, right? Um, there's career progression tracks, there's learning tracks, there's community tracks, um, uh, a lot of things that we've already had within Rackspace, uh, but a more formalized and visual way of, 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 of viewing it. Um, you know, for example, on the learning track, you know, we set goals for our team members on how many learning hours a year we want them to to uh, to achieve. And so there's the, the, the target that we've established and there's a stretch goal that we've also established. So now we've got nested uh, badges that can that records can can strive to. Um you know, another path is uh, uh, we have our TCT program, which is our most senior technical talent. Um, TCT has a very uh, crisp sort of uh, intake process, sort of requirements, um, uh, path basically to get there. And so what we're doing is not only is now TCT going to be a badge, uh, we're trying to figure out how to make all those requirements for TCT uh, elements uh, or badges as a path to, uh, to get there as well. Right. And again, it, it puts <clears throat> measurable um, levels inside of that. And, and since it is well-defined, people know what they need to do to achieve, uh, to achieve those elements. That's right. And what's 
it's kind of neat. I mean, with information comes flexibility, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're playing with Credly right now uh, as, as, as our likely path, our path, we'll say. Um, but uh, we're, we're well down the path. Uh, but what's, what's neat about it is, uh, for example, we can say uh, if you're a TCT badge holder, uh, which is a, you know our technical career track, our most senior technical talent. If you're a badge holder there, then I can begin to start recommending or targeting other badges uh, to you. And so, based off a of persona or a skill set, we can say, "Hey, um, you're clearly a, a well-established technologist in Rack Space. You should look at this public speaker track because you've got so much information to share." Like, here's another badge system where. We could we can we can direct you to you know speaking to uh, internally or externally uh, and sharing what you have and so it's really neat the way you can target and help direct people towards something that's kind of natural for their career. Yeah, so you know we're not coming up with a whole lot of negatives here on why why to do it. And one that might be in people's minds would be: does is this expensive to do? And without getting into our specifics, you know, you, you've looked deeply at, at Credly. What, how does that how does that price for an organization generally? Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I won't go into the details, but the thing is you're able to, to, to ramp it. Um, and so, you know, we started with a thousand seats. So let's mm-hmm. try it out. Let's target a specific community. And that uh, was very, very affordable. Um, for, for a company our size, it was absolutely affordable. Um, and so uh, generally that can be cost, like, things like that can be cost prohibitive. And that was absolutely not the situation uh, when it came to, to to this project. Yeah. So we, we're using Credly. What are some of the other leaders in the space? Yeah. Um, this was a certifyly. Um, we all start with Hawaii. It seems like, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we shopped around for a couple and, and they all have their own unique, uh, elements. Um, uh, ultimately, uh, uh, we ended up going with Credly because most of the hyperscalers use them as their primary. Um, uh, but, uh, but they all have their own trade-offs of course. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, Travis, thanks so much for being on the program today. Digital credentials, obviously where it's at. And I think we're going to see not just in our technical world, uh, them being used so much more, but more and more throughout uh, 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 traditional universities. I mentioned the MIT consortium that they've got. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating space. I'm excited to see it being launched here at Rackspace. And, uh, and are, are our credentials going to be public? Can people see what, as, as our, yeah, we might have a concept of private credentials, but default, absolutely public. Fantastic. Well, folks, if you've ever wanted to have a Rackspace credential, you know, we're not here on the Cloud Talk program to, uh, to sell Rackspace other than to say it's a great place to work. And if you can work here, you can get some credentials. George, come on, join the party. Come on over. You can work remote. I know you don't want to, but you could. All right. Uh, Travis, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for being on the program again, as always. And, uh, and I'll see you in the next meeting, I'm sure. Sounds good, Jeff. Have a good day. Have a great day. All right. Digital credentials, folks. What do you think? Not a lot of people commenting about that down there, but I would love to know uh, sort of what you're thinking about them. And I've lost the little window that makes things move forward. There it is. Nice. All right. Well, um, uh, as always, guys, I'll keep mentioning this. This this audio from this program shows up in our Cloud Talk uh, podcast stream. If you just want to go get any of the information from today, learn more about Travis, uh, follow him on LinkedIn uh, and, and any of the other socials if you want to see some of the, his maker things that he's up to. Fascinating, by the way. Uh, you can find that over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 114. This is episode 114. 
All right, moving on, guys. So it uh, takes us over to this week in the cloud. So with that, let's push all the right buttons. There we go. Oh, I can push that button over here. <laughs> Like, I've, like I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's the first time I've done this since the weekend. All right, guys. So you want to change cloud providers. Here's a really interesting article that popped up in my feed. And uh, and it's actually an article. I think it showed up in InfoWorld first, but uh, uh, but it's actually uh, comes from some writings over at uh, the Hacker News. And it's interesting because it's it goes into the challenges of what it is to move cloud providers. Now, it breaks it down in a couple of different ways. If you want to have lots of flexibility in being able to move from one cloud provider to the next, for whatever reason you might have, cost, personal preference, new CTO, who knows? Well, um, the best way to be able to do that, well, unfortunately, is to use that least common denominator of capabilities. And what they're actually espousing here is saying, look, if you're going to go into the cloud, use the cloud for all it's worth. And, and, and I'll translate that for a second. And I'm going to say embrace vendor lock-in. It's what it means. Um, because if you're going to use the least common denominator, then what they're ultimately saying is, oh, you think you can invent a better cloud? Because what's really what it comes down to? Could you create the technologies that already exist in the cloud, but you don't want to use because you think you may want to um, you may want to uh, move clouds at some point. So interesting article, go read it. It's in the, the links uh, in the show notes page over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 114. Also in the news, folks, is that uh, the cloud software market is exploding. And uh, and so in this article, uh, cloud native software market is it's not going to boom, guys. It is booming. And it talks about, uh, through some research studies in here, how much Oracle, SAP, Semantic, VMware, and several others are absolutely exploding and are set to, to continue to grow over the next several years just because we have all this cloud native goodness does not mean that some of these legends in software are going anywhere. So go check that out. All right. So uh, let's move on. Uh, and that's going to take us up to what's going on in cloud releases. So that's the news. The news is what you need to, how the cloud is making the news and why it's important to you. Cloud releases is what's going on in those cloud providers that you need to know about. And it starts with AWS. Their access AWS Resource uh, Access Manager achieves FedRAMP compliance. This, of course, is hugely important because uh, the government is becoming, if not already, is one of the largest industries to utilize public cloud. And we've seen here in the U.S. some amazing changes and how they're approaching that. If you think back to that Jedi project that was supposed to be this one big contract to rule them all, and there was lots of fighting between Microsoft and, and AWS and Google yipping at the sides, uh, really wanting a piece of that as well. They pulled a lot of that stuff back. Uh, and now, of course, taking, what are they taking? They're taking a multi-cloud approach. Hmm, I wonder who said multi-cloud's a thing. I think it was us. Uh, all right, so that's what's going on over at AWS. Also over at Azure General Availability, that Azure Data Explorer, which keeps making the news. It's almost like Azure Data Explorer is a thing. I think it's a thing. Well, now that you can, um, it supports uh, Azure private endpoints as uh, for sources for the Azure Data Explorer. So go check that out. It's in GA. Now, some bad news or challenging news from over at Google Cloud. A security vulnerability has been discovered in the Linux kernel version 5.8 uh, and later that could potentially give container the, the user of a container privileged access to root. 
never a good thing. Guys, and this is an issue um, not just for uh, for for Linux there, but uh, Anthos is pretty heavily um, impacted by this. So it's time to upgrade. There's great instructions over at uh, at Google Cloud. Uh, in fact, you know, you can find a link to those instructions over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 114. All right, so that's cloud releases. Now let's move over to the job of the day. And, uh, you know, we look at the analytics for you good, nice folks who watch this program. And more and more, I'm finding folks who are uh, working in the sales area inside of tech. And so I thought, why not talk about a multi-cloud sales product client executive? You know what that ultimately means is that is somebody who is representing AWS to our clients. In fact, I thought I would choose a different country. We haven't talked about Canada a whole lot. Toronto. This job is available in Toronto. We're expanding the sales force. Matter of fact, we're expanding a lot of people up there in Toronto and, and Canada at large. So if you are an AWS seller, you want to sell AWS, uh, have we got a job for you? And uh, if you'll just head over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 114, um, you will find a link to that job. You can learn all about it. You can even apply right online. Guys, this audio from this is available in the Cloud Talk podcast. Feel free to find that wherever cloud or wherever clouds, wherever, wherever podcasts are found. And I uh, would love for you to subscribe uh, because you can't always make the video, right? Tuesdays and Thursdays, 830 Central. All right, everyone, uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, and I mentioned a company earlier uh, doing some credentialing, uh, and that's our good friends over at App Dynamics. What is your company doing for software observability? Has your company moved out into the cloud uh, with your cloud native software? You know what? Tracking the performance and health of that software from customer to end to uh, end data endpoint is extraordinarily challenging, especially when CDNs are involved, especially when geography is involved, and when multiple systems, in some cases, multiple clouds are involved. But App Dynamics is the one company you should go look for. They're proud sponsor of the Cloud Talk podcast uh, and, and um, program over here at Solve. So um, go check them out at appdynamics.com. They're part of Cisco and, uh, and they're just some great people over there as well. You know what? Uh, there's been some interesting studies. I have none of those studies in front of me, but I've read about them. So we'll just pretend I'm an expert for a second here and say that uh, a lot of business decisions are made not just on the technical capability, but on the business relationships you establish with those companies. I know that we here at Rackspace love our customers and love getting to know them and serve them well. Uh, and I know that the uh, same holds true for over at App Dynamics. just good people providing good services. They've got a really killer offer around there. I think they'll even take your first app observability either for free or they'll help you through it. Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you it's a it's a it's a good carrot on the stick because their software just flat out works. So go check them out. Guys, it has been amazing being a part of the program with you today. Thank you for taking the time to be here. We are back on Thursday and uh, and I'm going to keep the guest secret partially because I don't know who it is yet, but I'm going to keep it secret just to create some anticipation. All right. I will see you uh, later in the week. I'm going to see you on Thursday at 830 Central Time. And, uh, and next Thursday, mark your calendars. I have a corporate vice president from Microsoft Security who is going to be on. Brilliant woman. You're going to love getting to hear from her. Uh, and uh, she's got some incredible capabilities, great experience, and, uh, and you're going to love that conversation. All right, folks. So for all of us here at Cloud Talk, my name is Jeff DeVerter. Have a great day. 
you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff DeVerter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.